1: Betches Media presents.
0: I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio.
1: Diet starts tomorrow.
0: Exorcist gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit With the, the gym. gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. With hosts Aileen Cooperman,
1: Joey doesn't shampoo! and
0: Sammy Fishbine.
1: Whatever, I'm getting cheese fries.
0: Hello,
2: welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy. I'm Aileen. And we are back, and today we are joined by Colleen Christensen, who you might know from Instagram as at No Food Rules. There are dots in between all the words um, if you want to go look her up. Colleen is a registered dietitian known for giving realistic tips and the truth behind fads and diet fads. So, Colleen, welcome.
3: Thank you for
2: having me here.
4: Yeah, we really wanted to have you on because we thought it would be like such a great follow-up to last week's conversation where we talked about kind of the misconceptions with intuitive eating and how it definitely does not ignore nutrition because a lot of people think like, oh, you just eat whatever you want. And just it's and it's sort of it, it goes into that. Um, it feeds, no pun intended, the idea of either you're dieting or you're not dieting. But there really is a place in between. And we said in that um, episode that they're actually we, we quoted some same. We quoted your Instagram. But separately, we said that um, there are dietitians who don't Really believe in diets. They're non-diet dietitians, and lo and behold, you are one of them. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so, so we thought we this would be awesome. Let's let's talk about it. What does it mean to be a non-diet dietitian?
3: Yeah. So for me, being a non-diet dietitian, I mean, I think that means something different to everyone. And for me, it's being able to honor nutrition and your health, but finding that quote unquote, balance that we're all looking for and not following any set rules or restrictions. And I think just bottom line being flexible and not putting yourself into a category or putting yourself into a certain camp and feeling like you're kind of confined to that.
2: So, so I guess knowing that there's so many just dietitians out there with, I guess, kind of like different views and practices, what are people coming to you for typically?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's for wanting to learn how to get rid of food rules and learn how to eat intuitively yet still care for their health. I feel like that's the type of person that is really kind of drawn towards the work that I do because I'm a dietitian and I do think that nutrition and food and the science behind it is fascinating. And I feel like a lot of times, especially on social media, you see the extremes, you see either people who are dieting, following these strict food rules, these strict plans, or you see this kind of image of intuitive eating that's so easily portrayed where it's eat all the cookies, all the donuts, that's what intuitive eating is. But there's kind of this like middle ground that people are looking for. It's like, I don't want either of those extremes, but I still want to physically feel good during this process. but not feel that mental stress that, you know, all of those diets have given me. It's really, how do I find that balance where I'm not, you know, saying my weight is my worth or my body's my worth, yet I'm still honoring it because we know that our health is important, right? We only have these one bodies, but not obsessing over it, being able to still live your life and enjoy the birthday cake, yet not have to feel that stress or anxiety.
2: So like when people come come to you, what are mm-hmm. you like what is like what are you practically, I guess, working on? Like, because there are so many, obviously, like misconceptions about what intuitive eating is. And like let's say someone comes to you and they they think that intuitive eating or they uh or they're they what they're currently experiencing with intuitive eating is just sort of like disregard for nutrition because that's mm-hmm. what their body is telling them after you know coming off of years of diet culture. So what, like, what is the process like, but like for, from getting people to, to make that switch from like, this isn't just like pure indulgence all the time, but there's other elements of it that involve nutrition.
3: Yes. Great question. So I think first and foremost, I mean, you've heard this a million times, both of you, that nutrition has to be put on the back burner. And I do think that's very true in order to, really approach functional nutrition without having that diety mindset, because it is tricky to start to implement when you have a history of viewing nutrition as a diety mindset, you really have to learn to a nourish your body, get your hunger cues back and make peace with food. That is like, in my mind, like a prerequisite to implementing kind of this nutrition piece, because otherwise it's like you're Your judgment is kind of clouded by what you think is healthy by diet culture. So really doing that piece first. And that's, it's not always, I mean, the most fun thing to go through, like allowing yourself to get uncomfortable, you know, eating those foods, but it's such an important piece. So we really work to do that. And then I really believe that through that process and through lived experiences and actually understanding, okay, what makes my body feel good? Not, you know, someone told me that this is quote unquote healthy for me, but what actually makes me feel good? I think that's really important and part of the process. So that's definitely something, like I said, first you have to put nutrition on the back burner, then you have to really get in tune with, okay, this is my body. I'm starting to view all foods equally and what actually makes me feel good and kind of working from there and really honestly rethinking what you think healthy means. Because a lot of times what we think healthy is, is stemmed in what diet culture has wanted us to think What's it is. Low calorie. Because that's, yeah. Yes, yes. So that's not necessarily true. And I also think that it's really important to during that phase, let's say you have put nutrition on the back burner, you've made peace with food, you're implementing this gentle nutrition to really start basic. And that's not really a sexy topic. I mean, I'm thinking like very basic things like making sure you have carbs and the veggies and fat and protein, all of those things. When people think nutrition, they think of very complex things or like supplements or I have to go to the health food store when it's like you have to just kind of ease into it just like you kind of were working through breaking your food rules and making peace with food. It's an entire process and it's something that you really, again, do have to learn based on your body because it's not something you can just like turn on.
4: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, I always I the way that I approach like or integrate nutrition into now my intuitive eating is that I try to have like more of a balanced meal. But if I don't want that, like if I see my if I like kind of pause for a second, I'm like, why am I adding chicken? If I really don't want it, Mm -hmm. then I won't eat it. And then it's just like I look at it without judgment. It's not obsessive. But if I kind of want it, then and I'm in the mood for like protein or if I know that if I have protein, I I will be um less hungry in the next it'll it'll take me longer to be hungry. Mm-hmm. So then I'll just eat it. So it's kind of and even the other day, this is gonna be I win, but I'm gonna do it now because it applies. It was that like one night I didn't want to order dinner. It was the weirdest thing I wanted to make it. Weirdest, weirdest thing. Um, and I was I didn't go grocery shopping and I had all this pasta and I was like I didn't have like regular pasta in my house. And I ended up just being like, fuck this. I don't even want it. I think I'm just I think I'm trying to make myself eat pasta because I think it's the opposite. I think I'm trying to rebel against the nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I ended up really just wanting to like I made an egg and I made make myself a shakshuka which I've never done in my entire life. Oh, God. And it was so satisfying. And I ate a piece of bread with it. So it ended up being balanced, but in a different way.
3: And it was really like kind of listening to myself. I think one thing you said About, I got, I felt like I was rebelling against food. So many people, or against diet culture, so many people get caught in that phase because it gets, it's, it's, I think it really is a lot influenced by what we see on social media and what we perceive intuitive eating to be. And sometimes we can get caught in this phase. And also the fact that it's scary implementing nutrition because you feel like you've made a lot of this progress forward to be like, I can eat this and that's totally fine. And then, you get to this point where you're like, okay, you you know, I kind of want to think about this. And it's just like, all of a sudden we kind of like rebel. It's kind of, again, looking at those things and like, I'm in this camp or I'm in this camp because we like that. We like having more of these guidelines and saying, kind of like putting ourselves into these buckets.
2: Well, like how do you, so in that case, like, how do you know when you're ready to sort of like implement like Mm -hmm. gentle nutrition? Because I just want to actually go back to something I said last week. I want to correct something I said, because I said that it only took me like two months to stop binging. And I think that that was like a, a a false promise almost because like first, like I, you could argue that my intuitive eating journey is like really a course of like two years. Also, like I don't want to put a timeline on it for anybody because it's that that's, I think that that was like a bad thing that I said, but how do you, but I, I will say that I do feel a little bit more ready to, mm-hmm. you know, willingly uh, implement foods that I maybe thought like, ugh, like I don't, that's diety. y. Yes. Um, so, how do you know when like you're ready to do that versus like you're just trying to like ward off the weight gain that
3: you're, mm-hmm. that you're
2: secretly or not even so secretly still afraid of? Yes,
3: So I think it's important to say, okay, how do I feel about, let's take like that bean pasta, for instance, how do I feel about a pasta that maybe has more protein, more fiber in it versus just like a regular old, you know, white pasta. Do I feel that either of those has, you know, moral value or I'm better for eating one or the other, or I'm right for eating one or the other, whether it's, you think that the white pasta is the right intuitive eating choice, choice, or you feel that the bean pasta is the right quote unquote, uh, healthy choice. So really making sure that, okay, these foods are fine. Then what I say is when you are implementing gentle nutrition, you want to start slow. So pick just kind of one thing that you, feel is truly like equal like those, let's say you feel totally fine, I, I don't have a draw towards either of them. Then I say do everything through a lens of experimentation, just kind of act like you're a scientist observing. So what does a meal where I have the white pasta, what does that feel like? Does it feel, you know, how satisfying is it? Do I enjoy it? And then maybe compare and contrast it with the time when you have the bean pasta or a quote unquote healthy option that diet culture kind of has deemed that way and really let yourself make that call. You know, what is more satisfying to me? Because we know that satisfaction is super important. You can eat all of the quote unquote superfoods that you want, but if it's not satisfying to you, you're still going to be left looking for something else. So I always say kind of view it through that lens of experimentation and then If you, I always say this, there's a difference between a food rule and a food preference. So a food rule is kind of saying, okay, I have these two options available and I am gonna choose the bean pasta. Would I feel guilt, stress, or anxiety if I were to have chosen the white pasta? That likely might signal that, okay, maybe I'm not ready for gentle nutrition and I'm not actually seeing these foods equally. But if you're like, yeah, that, you know, had some extra protein and fiber, and it allowed me to feel full longer so I can focus on work and, you know, spending time with my friends, my family. But if I would have had, you know, just the white pasta, no big deal. I'd be fine. I think viewing it in that way and kind of asking yourself those questions. And I really think being honest with yourself, like it's so easy for us to lie to ourselves and be like, oh no, I'd be fine. But it it really takes just, okay, let me be real raw and honest with yourself and answering those questions.
1: It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Small's. Small's cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens, and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages, and you scoop it, and you just feel like... You're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring and preservatives with names I don't even wanna try to pronounce.
2: the question because like, it is so easy to, to lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you, ha, I guess, how do you know when you're not lying to yourself? Something I've noticed is that like my preferences for food have become like much less strong. Like mm-hmm. I don't dislike as many foods as strongly as I did before. And I don't love them as much as I did before. And like, I've even noticed that like, for example, I, I say, Oh, I would love like a cookie. Mm-hmm. I don't actually like the entire cookie i like like the gooey center i actually don't really like the, cru- the the outer edges it's like i feel like i've become much more like okay i like it but like not as much That's as obsessed. i used to like i used to be mm-hmm. obsessed like i used to talk about like i need cake like i actually like don't feel like i need it as much anymore like mm-hmm. is that
3: how you know that you are like getting there yeah, it could be and I think there's there's so many questions to ask yourself like so say someone randomly came by with like or it was a birthday party or something and sometimes I do feel like if you're not sure put yourself in those situations where you would have a cookie or you would have a cake, and then you truly can understand how you feel. Sometimes I feel like we get so scared of making the quote unquote wrong decision. But like I said, sometimes those learned experiences and being able to eat something and be like, you know what, that didn't feel super great, or that did feel super great. That's how we know. And I think that's how kind of those true, okay, am I ready for this? You know, what is my actual preference? Sometimes like putting yourself in a situation of having both or having what you think you might not be wanting, if that makes sense, um, to kind of gain some clarity on that.
4: And also just to add to what you were saying about like how you're not ready, maybe sometimes, sometimes you are sometimes at at one point you are ready and what, Mm -hmm. and what point you aren't, um, I, I think it like changes daily almost. Oh, totally. Like yes. one day you feel kind of ready and one day you mm-hmm. feel very not ready. <laughs> and it, and it like, I found that not judging myself for that mm-hmm. and then realizing, wait, no, I really am avoid. Like if, if it was a day where I was avoiding the, the white regular pasta because I'm afraid of gaining weight or whatever it means, the value associated. But some days it feels kind of neutral. It really just depends. Mm-hmm. And then you, yeah. like you said, it based, it's based on experience. You have, you let yourself have that regular post and you say, oh, did I really want this? I don't, I don't know. And then you move forward. Yeah.
3: And I feel like a lot of people think that, Gentle nutrition is like a phase you get to, but in reality, there's no bumper sticker for reaching that. It's not an end goal. It's not a finish line. And it's something that's going to ebb and flow. I mean, let's take, I mean, 2020, for example, I mean, COVID hit. And for some people, maybe food started to, those food rules kind of started to creep back in. And it was kind of like, okay, I need to step back and really just work on again, improving my relationship with food. And like you said, that can vary from day to day and I mean different phases in our life, but it's not a thing where it's like, okay, I reached out to nutrition. I'm here now, I'm done. I have the bumper sticker for it. It's kind of like, yeah, you have to really just kind of take that take the temperature of what you're feeling in the moment and the,
4: and the experiences like teach you what you actually like mm-hmm. um, or I'll, so what I found or maybe this is my this is my non scale win is that like even today I was like, um to my husband, I was like, you know what I realized? I love to have something sweet for breakfast. Like, And he's like, no shit. Like That's why they have pancakes. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah." but I never first never thought that I could have pancakes for breakfast. It was always a treat. Mm -hmm. Um, I never realized that I actually like something sweet, like just something sweet, like jam and toast or something like that. And it was such an interesting revelation because it's kind of so stupid if you think about it. But it's like, let's say if I were to go Back, I, I I kind of traveled back in my mind to times that I have worked with a dietitian, and they're like, "What do you like to eat?" And i be like, "I have, I don't mm-hmm. know. Here's a list of things that I eat, like chocolate. I always say chocolate, but like, no, because chocolate is a complex <laughs> interest. Um, but it was it was an interesting revelation because I was like, now I know how to prioritize my foods. Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of. Um, but I just kind of on that note in, in, in me traveling back to being a dietitian, what um, led you to becoming a dietitian and and becoming a non dietitian? Because I feel like that's kind of a new territory these days.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes. So for me, I became a dietitian. I honestly, I feel like everyone has these stories. of I became a dietitian for X, Y, Z reason, I have like no specific reason besides the fact that I knew I didn't want to like sit in an office all day. I didn't want to work with, you know, a calculator, even though dietitians do a lot of math. Um, I mean, I didn't want to do like anything super. I don't know, businessy or officey. And my mom randomly suggested this. I'm like, yeah, I like food. I like eating. Let's let's do it. So I kind of like. I feel like kind of fell like into no this. No one's
2: story. Everyone no, else's story is like
3: is like I struggled with X Y Z
2: and then this. Yeah.
3: I know. So I kind of decided on that. Went to college. You know, it was all great for the first year, and then that's when I started to personally struggle. So it was after I had decided that I was, I didn't really struggle before starting to study this stuff. And I don't know if it was, that was just a coping mechanism that came out, if it was because I was surrounding myself with the topic so much, but regardless it happened. And I kind of became obsessed with, food. And I became obsessed with controlling my food. And as schooling got harder, the further I went along with it, the more I used that as a coping skill. And I severely restricted my food. I felt, you know, I was avoiding social situations because of it. My life was like, I feel like this is kind of like an extreme example, but like crashing down around me, like it was all consuming. And it took me working through that, uh, to, I mean, obviously find this balance, but it's funny because I always, when I was closer, you know, years, five years ago, when I was more kind of new to this freedom aspect of nutrition, I was like, I'm never, that's never going to be my path. Like that's, I wouldn't want that just feels a little too close to home. But as I started to, you know, go further along in my career, I realized like, there, I need to be the person that I didn't have because this was not really being talked about back then. Kind of this like food obsession and wanting to just just find this balance. So as I started to you know get more comfortable in what freedom meant to me and how you can kind of have a life where you're not obsessed about it yet you're still caring for your health, I realized you know I just need to be the person that I didn't have so that it doesn't take someone as long. They don't have to struggle. It's just kind of like I said, I never thought I'd be in this position Mm. for my career, but it just, it feels very natural. What do you think in your, um, like studying of
4: nutrition made you get so kind of obsessed with the controlling aspect of it?
3: Yeah. I think it was my perfectionistic tendencies coming out. Like I've always struggled with not feeling like I'm good enough, like not feeling like, I don't, I don't know how like, I, like I said, I'm a perfectionist. And for me, that was like, Oh, I could be good at this. Like, this is something that Mm -hmm. I could, you know, stand out for. And I never like had the best grades. I was never the best athlete. I was never the best at anything. But then I was like, Oh, this is something that like, I started to get attention for like, Oh, she's the healthy eater or she's, you know, the one who, you know, it became my identity. Yeah. It's
0: very uh,
3: attractive
2: to perfectionists because there
3: are a Mm -hmm. ton of (laughs) metrics that
2: you can, that you can use to validate yourself. It's not just yep. like calorie deficit. It's the scale. It's how mm-hmm. much, how long did you work out for? It's your macros. It's your, it's like your, your it's percentage every, of body fat. Like
4: there's and it's your everyday f- choices in front of people. Mm-hmm. It's every day you have to eat food and the choices you make, like you it continue to add values to those choices, which then you say I'm good or bad. And every mm-hmm. time you're good, you become better and
3: better and better. Yeah. There are a lot yeah. of
2: checkpoints that you get to, to help enforce your behaviors. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. And so kind of along that road, like I had this phase of where I was super restrictive. I was super in control, but then I swung to the other end of the spectrum and I was super out of control. Like I had no control around my food. And I think that was just, I mean, going from one extreme to the other that I know a lot of people I mean, yo yo, That is yo-yo dieting, right? Mm-hmm. It's, we're going from one extreme to the other. And that was tough. So like, I can understand, I mean, both of those, like feeling in control, it, you know, is just something that, like you said, perfectionists are very drawn towards. But then when I swung to that other end of the spectrum, it shook me to my core. Cause I was like, this is so like, not what I am used to. This is not what I'm comfortable with. And then it was a long road, a lot of work to kind of find this, this point. And this was way before intuitive eating was a thing. Like I literally stumbled upon the book randomly, but I, the intuitive eating movement now just makes me so excited because I'm like, it's so much more like people at least have heard of the book now or have heard of the philosophy behind it. And I just think, I mean, just comparing how far it's come in the last five, six years is just crazy. It's exciting.
4: Yeah, it really is exciting. It's exciting to see it in people who've never like been dieters ever. Mm -hmm. And to see like, oh, wow, like to notice points that aren't things people say, or have, or you see it on Instagram notice when something is kind of Mm -hmm. the wrong direction. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's, that's to me is exciting because that that's like a tiny, tiny, tiny signal of, of positive change.
2: Yes, totally. So at this point, would you ever, uh, treat or like recommend weight loss for any of your clients?
3: Yeah. So I always say I view everything through a weight neutral lens. So, I mean, anything that happens to your body. If you're listening to it and you're honoring it, that could mean that you gain weight through this process. It could mean that you lose weight and it could mean that you maintain weight. So I don't think that weight loss in itself, sometimes when you work towards your set point weight, that's naturally what's going to happen, but there's other people who are going to gain and some people who are going to maintain. So I think honestly, that's, I mean, one of the hardest things about this is I don't know what's going to happen to my body and I need to learn to accept that and i think that is part of what has to obviously come before you enter gentle nutrition because if you don't try to make peace with that saying you know what i might gain lose or maintain then you're always going to have this little kind of cloud over your head in those shoulds in the back of your mind or this goal that you're trying to work towards when like i said there's no end point in this there's no uh, you know I think that's why we're drawn towards diets too. Like as humans, we like challenges, we like checkpoints, but with this, it's kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the checkpoints are. I don't know if there are checkpoints, but I need to just kind of sit with that and be okay with it.
2: So like if someone, if someone comes to you and they are, maybe they haven't like yet reached the point where they mm-hmm. are like ready to like approach nutrition without judgment to in like, to be able to basically like follow, I guess, like what you're teaching, what do you do if someone, like if someone is still like trying to kind of use this to lose weight?
3: Mm -hmm. I think that there's, especially with social media, there's a lot of kind of like, I don't know, claws kind of come out and says people are bad for wanting weight loss. I think that is a natural thing that we have been taught by diet culture. So I never look down or judge anyone. If they are saying to me, you know, I want to lose weight. I do say, you know what? I don't work with the intent of weight loss. So I really think that let's explore this a little bit more. I'm proud of you for learning about this in the first place. Let's take that and explore it more and say, what is the set point weight theory? What, you know, does body neutrality look like? Let's kind of dig into that more. And I always say it's okay to dip your toes into this area. If you're still not sure if it's right for you, that's okay. Grab yourself the book and read it and see what you think. I think that a lot of times people think that, okay, in order for me to, start this journey. I have to be totally cool with my body, totally fine with it. And that's just like, if we waited to that point, we'd never get there. But if you just say, what is one thing that I could educate myself on about it today? Like I said, is it listening to a podcast? Is it, you know, getting a book and reading through it? Is it, you know, following certain hashtags on Instagram? Let me kind of sit with my discomfort and dig into that more and say, why do I feel that this would validate me? Or what are the reasons that I'm Tied to this or that I'm drawn towards this, and let me see if those reasons are true.
0: This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. That's n u u l y.com, newly with two u's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes.
2: What about sort of the process of like decoupling like one's association between healthy habits that like are healthy because they're just inherently healthy like going for a walk
0: mm-hmm. versus
2: like the like automatic association we formed with weight loss. Like I'll give, I've said, this as like my own example. Like I have a really hard time exercising or even getting myself to like move because in my head before, like the only reason that like movement, like the only reason I could like get myself to do it, like that made it worth it quote unquote for me was because I was like, oh, I'll burn calories or like, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll get more steps. And like what I've now realized is that that made me associate walking solely for the purpose of like getting smaller. And Mm -hmm. that's obviously like not, I don't think that that serves me because like, I shouldn't feel like I'm only doing this to like burn calories and like, there's no point otherwise. Like, how do you decouple those things in your head? Like eating a salad doesn't have to be to get smaller.
3: Yeah. So I think that goes back to really doing that work at first to kind of like try to see all things neutrally. And then if you do have that, okay, you know, I know that walking is, you know, something that I've enjoyed in the past. It's something that's, you know, good for my health. But am I feeling that, you know, morality there? Am I feeling like I would be good for doing this? And then I think if the answer is yes, like you're kind of turning exercise or eating a salad into a food rule, I say, do the opposite And that kind of, like I said, signals a food rule. So I say, break that and then see how you feel, have that lived experience of this is what this feels like. Is this something that I enjoy? Then maybe, you know, the next day you try the next and you say, okay, what, what did I enjoy or what was satisfying to me or what felt good? And then just kind of allowing yourself to, I almost always say like, fall quote unquote flat on your face and maybe do things that don't feel good. And then that's how you make those connections. So you understand I'm doing this for X, Y, Z reason, because it feels good to me, not because I've been told, or I think I should. And I think that's where you kind of find that middle ground. It's a lot of experimentation.
4: I also think there's, it's both, it could happen in like both at the same time. Like for me, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in the middle and like, I like going, I like, I like going on the Peloton. I like exercise. Um, before I used to do it entirely to burn calories. Now I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. Like I know my intention is good. Like I'll go on the bike because I want to move. I'm not, I hide the calorie counter. Yeah. I have my Apple watch. I'll sometimes look at the end, but I won't, but I, it's not really, um, the reason why I went on, but then I'll notice like always when I'm in the shower after or drying my hair, I'll be like, okay, 200 calories. What did that burn off? So but then I notice it and I'm like, okay, you had Mm -hmm. that thought. That seems like it's like a latent thought that's just coming through your mind. But I just remember that the reason when I went on the Peloton was because I wanted to move and I felt good while I was on it. I did my wooing again and (laughs) it was good, even though that I also still had that burning calorie. Oh, I I burned my chocolate croissant. That was really delicious this morning, (laughs) but you know, I had the, the same thought process. So I get, I think it's just like, you know, you're further along. Mm-hmm. And I've been,
2: yeah, I've been trying to like do things that I never did for weight loss. Yes. Yes. Like I, like I bought a jump rope and I, I've I never once yeah. in my life jumped rope so as a means of weight loss. And then I just like started jump roping, And now I'm like, Oh, it's like a little burst of energy in the morning. And I'm trying to be like, yes. to not tell myself because I'm, I'm doing it for so short that it, po- it can't possibly make a dent in anything <laughs> that like, But like five minutes of jump straight jumping rope really gets your heart going. Hard, yeah. And like it's hard, and so I'm trying to just be like, this is a fun thing I can do for like five minutes in the morning to like wake Mm -hmm. me up. That it's not gonna, I can't possibly think that this will make any sort of of move like movement on the scale, but it does like have a good feeling to it. So I'm trying to like associate endorphins with like a positive feeling that is not Mm -hmm. going to make me smaller.
3: Yes, exactly. And the more that you keep doing that, I think that can be associated with like food and nutrition too. Like try things in a different way than you used to when you were in the dieting mindset. Well, I started incorporating salad
2: dressings, like actual Mm -hmm. salad dressings that are not like olive oil and vinegar. That's a big one. And I've also started putting sweet, like making, having sweet coffees in the morning because but, like I told my like, cream no, on it. No, no mm-hmm. sugar, no sweetener. It makes you game tricks. Your body makes you think you're eating sweets, like mm-hmm. some bullshit diet Coke. I now I'm like, I don't have to, <laughs> I can have the all healthy diet Coke now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, with the jumping rope, I mean, try different things. Just think outside of the box, think outside what you normally do. And the more that you do that, something that doesn't maybe necessarily have so much of a stimulus towards diet culture associated with that, then you're able to start to make those connections. Like I like moving my body in this way because of how I feel. And then it doesn't mean that you're never going to walk, you know, take walks again for (laughs) enjoyment, but it just means that you're kind of taking a break from that. And, you know, maybe down the line, you'll see it through a different lens, but I think that that's huge too. And like I said, can be a Associated with kind of like food, fruits. Try different ones. Try them in different forms. See what feels good.
4: Right. Salad dressing is really one of the first things that I did. Was salad I bought dressing a fuck, makes salad so good. I bought oh all these gosh, different. So buying like full fat balsamic vinaigrette is something I've never done, and I I chose which one's one of my favorites, and it really makes you want a salad. It's mm-hmm. very it's very interesting. It's Italian. Praying.
2: Right. It's crazy yeah, that I used to make Italian this time, with the it's, cheese. It's insane that this whole time, like, we were taught that salads are just about filling you up with as much, mm-hmm. like, water-based vegetables as possible. And then tr- making it taste as good as you can without adding calories to it because that, quote-unquote, ruins. But you're still getting the – tr- the truth is – even if you put salad dressing on full fat, whatever it is, you're still getting the nutrients of the it, the contents of the mm-hmm. salad. You're just having more calories, which well, is think just energy.
4: I, I think yeah. it's because a lot of people are eating salads for with the intention of having a low calorie meal, not because they want
2: nutrition. Salads are like, so mm-hmm. good when they're not low calorie.
4: Well, I remember being Delicious. like I remember being on a sweet green line or something and like when I was really, really deep in it and like just. Looking at people being like, "Oh my god, she's adding almonds." Yes. Like, oh my god, she's adding those crunches. Oh my god, like medium to high dressing, or she at the highest one. And I, I, I then I obsessively look at like the menu to see how many calories are in that dressing. Mm-hmm. She's, and I was like, I can't even imagine myself doing that. And it's, right. it's like, why would you? Why would you do that? You're would sweet you green. That? You're having a salad. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. So it's just interesting to be on the other um, side of it. But that said, since your Instagram is no food rules, Mm -hmm. what are some like food rules that you would say are that we wouldn't
3: really realize are rules? Yeah. And I feel like, honestly, this has came up so much just in like the past couple of weeks. Like people have told me, I don't have food rules. Like, let's just start with the gentle nutrition phase. I'm like, okay, let's like slow down here. So I think that <laughs> it, it, food rules go beyond what you allow yourself to eat and what you don't allow yourself to eat. It can be the emotional attachment or any feelings that you have towards the food. Like I feel guilty after I eat cake. I allow myself to eat the cake, but I, you know, feel guilty about doing that. Or I go to a restaurant and I allow myself to order the creamy pasta, but I feel like I should have ordered the salad. I think that that's a really sneaky food rule that a lot of people don't. Just kind of like shooting ourselves. So like I feel like this is what I should do. It's having when you don't see the foods as equal. I'm not saying, obviously I know it's not nutritionally equal. I mean, I always say some foods feed our souls and our emotions more than the nutrition for our bodies, but those are still very important. So I think that feeling like those things of guilt or stress or shame or shooting is a very sneaky food rule that a lot of people don't think about.
2: Right. That's I like- also think about like uh like random, like, I think there's a lot of uh, timing rules that people have. Like I wake up and I have a water. I wouldn't eat. Mm -hmm. I only eat savory in the morning. Like, Mm -hmm. or, or, or I always have like this, my coffee this way. Like, and you think like, oh, it's because I like it. But then once you actually have something different than what you're used to, you're like, oh, this Mm -hmm. was actually interesting too. Like, I don't have to like have everything set and like know what's to come. Yeah. I should and I think- have
4: only one tablespoon of peanut butter, not mm-hmm. the two. Yeah, right. that's yes. that's one of my big ones. <laughs>
3: And I think that when you are in the process of making peace with food and you're breaking your food rules, if there's something that you typically do, like I said, I think you need to almost like put yourself in a situation where you have something else. Like if it's, I always choose almond milk creamer. Cause that's what I like. Well, maybe let's buy, you know, different type of creamer and see how, what you really like. Maybe you do like the almond milk creamer. There's nothing inherently wrong about that, but let's not let it come from a diet culture standpoint. Let's let it come from a you standpoint. So you understand what's satisfying and what you actually like and that can be kind of like i don't know it can be daunting to a lot of people to go through that phase but i say try to view it as exciting let's learn what we like again because you might come across something that you're like wow this is mind-blowing i love this it's so much more satisfying but it can be also kind of sad when you go through that and you're like i've been tricking myself this long that i thought i like this and i didn't it's yeah it's a process
4: Yeah. Tricking yourself is Mm -hmm. Sammy. Remember when we were talking about like the process of going out to eat and like exploring the menu from a different lens of like non-diet lens. Like she texted me, Sammy texted me and she was like, I'm going to this restaurant. I'm so that we've, that we've been to before. And she's like, I'm so excited to like look at the menu from not a perspective of like I must order the, like the least caloric thing on the menu. And then we got into a conversation about like leaving the restaurant, the experience of being done and being in like the Uber or on your walk home. And you're like, you, you feel a sense of happiness because mm-hmm. you ate a low carb meal like right. I, I that like this feeling of success like oh my god like I made it I, through the meal I made it through I only had one piece of the thing from yeah. the bread basket I I got like cucumbers for the guac and I I said no I got a tequila soda and I got I said no to the to the dessert like and I barely touched the side that was on you know like those types of Right. Except those the times when you followed the rules mm-hmm. and it's like and then you you're like, Yes, I did it. <laughs> but but it makes the,
2: It makes the meal stressful because the whole time yes. you're you like you don't even realize that you're not actually engaged in the experience because what is yep. in the back of your head is like, I can't have another another chip. I don't I'm trying to not dip another chip, like hold my hand back because I don't want another one. But then it's pushing like pushing it away. Yeah. But then right, pushing it away. But then what I realized when we went to that restaurant was that like, technically we ordered the exact same items that I would have ordered on a diet. The only difference was like, oh, I'm going to avoid the bre- the taco bread. I'll, 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 I'll fork the contents of the taco into my mouth instead of just like eating the fucking taco. Like, but what the tacos, what makes it so good? Yes. And then, and then what I actually noticed is like something that like in the past, if there was like something good and diet, if there was like a vegetable on a table, I was like, not going to like let, the, the server clear, the unfinished vegetables, because like, those are no calories. So like, I have mm-hmm. to have that or like low calories. Now I'm okay. Leaving a little bit of bread, a little bit of vegetable, a little bit of meat, because like, I don't have to make sure all the vegetables are gone first. Another, mm-hmm. okay. Another thing is that I use <laughs> whenever I would have like Uh, let's say a plate. I would always save the thing I like the most for last Mm -hmm. because like, let's have like the healthiest things first so that I can fill up on them. And maybe I won't want the whole unhealthy thing. Yeah. I've started going in the opposite direction because why would I not want the thing that I want the most first? And then if I don't want the thing that I don't want
3: the most, why wouldn't just leave it over? Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I think that that's something that's, again, another sneaky food rule that we might not necessarily think of a food because you're still eating, you know, the food, it's just this process that you go through. And I always say there's, there's a difference between physically feeling your, filling your stomach with those veggies and being satisfied. So you can eat all of the lettuce or those bland salads that have no actual sustenance to them that we talked about and have a full to the max stomach, but yet still be looking for something to hit the spot because you're not getting that satisfaction piece versus if you have, you know, whatever part of the meal that you're looking forward to most, maybe that is gonna help with that satisfaction and not leave you feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so uncomfortably stuffed because I forced myself to eat all of the veggies or whatever it was.
4: And not for, and not letting, and not um making you continue to pick through. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Sammy, like with your taco example, Had you maybe if you ate that one taco and you enjoyed it, maybe had two tacos, you maybe you would have actually net netted out less than had you eaten the whole plate of meat.
2: (laughs) I actually do think that that is what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not I I don't I don't want to be like, oh, I always have to net out less. But no, like, but I mean, I actually, in general right. of like,
4: you know, if, if that's yeah. somebody's goal is, oh, but you're going to eat the taco, you're going to gain weight. Well, technically, if we're if you want to go by what you're saying, how cal- all you need is a calorie deficit and all it is is less. Well, technically, maybe I would eat less if I ate, just ate what I wanted.
3: Right. Yes. Own your food choices.
4: Own it. Yeah. Own it,
2: Lisa Reno. with the calorie deficit, what I find is that like the the reason the calorie deficit only works when you have the quote unquote click, as my mother says, is because when you're trying so hard to maintain the calorie deficit, you're eating so many things that are fewer calories, but you never actually are happy. Mm -hmm. But and so that just leads to more, 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 more. So maybe you're eating like maybe you're never having like something high in caloric density. So most of the time you're eating in a calorie deficit. But then that time when you're like, fuck it, I can't anymore. That one moment. Where, you're, where you switch, you ultimately are netting out probably more than before. But mm-hmm. if you're just sort of like, if always it's like, okay, I can have whatever, it like spreads itself out almost, mm-hmm. the
3: intake. Yes. I relate to that so much. I mean, especially with I mean, having like a pie or like a cake or something. Like I remember just going back for a little sliver, a little sliver, a little sliver. Had I just freaking owned my food choice and been like, I'm eating this brownie. I'm eating this piece of cake. Like, A, it's way more satisfying because you don't have that like sneakiness to you that you're like, oh, you know, I'm tricking people. Into the cake. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, and again, it's not about like out netting anything, but it's like that satisfying piece. And it's just kind of a little... Trick that our mind plays on. It's all a mind game.
2: Okay, should we do some non Go wins? Should we read an audience one and then do our own? Let's do it. Okay. Sammy and Aileen, OG fangirl from Australia, right here. You guys are truly the best. So she's going to get this a few hours ahead of when everyone else will.
4: You're she's in the future. The first,
2: you're the first to hear it. <laughs> um, that's from Down Under. <laughs> I am a couple months out for my 30th birthday and a lot of my friends have made it their goal to be in the best shape of their life by their 30th. I too had the same goal, but upon listening to your intuitive eating episodes, I knew that that it was also the right path for me. I bought the book and the workbook and about three weeks into the journey. I literally could not be bothered to go on another diet and it became laughable when I would say to myself, okay, I'll just cut out dairy, gluten, meat, and sugar until I'm 30. Like what? Then what? That was literally why I couldn't do the wedding diet. Like I just could not do it. Okay. Anyway. To my actually non-scale win. My groceries weren't being delivered until today. So last night I decided to get my favorite takeaway Italian. Normally I go all out and binge everything. Rigatoni, bread, cheese, tiramisu. Not a green in sight. (laughs) Last night I took the time to lay out everything on plates, eat slowly and savor all the delicious flavors. I noticed I was full. So put everything back in the containers and then had the rest for brekkie today. Not only did I get two meals out of the food, I felt satisfied and happy each time. Not guilty, sick or full. P.S. I also signed up for a canyoning adventure today and I, we had to put our height and weight down so they can fit you for wetsuits. At first I was mortified and nearly didn't sign up. But then I thought how you both talked about how we spend so much of our lives waiting to be a certain weight to do the things we actually want to do. That I clicked pay now and I am all signed up. Yes. XXX Betch from down under.
4: That's great. So many wins in one
2: yeah. message. You know what's you know what's so funny about how she split up the thing into two meals? I can't tell you the amount of times when I've ordered a big seamless order. And I'm like, oh I'll split it into two meals. But then because I like am because I was like in binge mode, it would only make it for one meal.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. So that mental restriction, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Like Colleen- I'd be afraid that
3: it wouldn't be able to have it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. Um okay. Colleen, what's yeah. your win? Yeah. So I think last night is my win. So My husband started this thing where he wants to cook dinner every Wednesday. And usually it's just like spaghetti and meat sauce, which is delicious. I love it. But last night he decided to get fancy and he made homemade Alfredo. And so I just let him do his thing in the kitchen. He was listening to like some jazz music as he was playing. I was like, okay, you do you. That's fine. <laughs> so I'm downstairs and then I go upstairs. It was delicious. We eat. It was super creamy, super thick. And then I was putting some of the leftovers away and I look in the fridge, like the whole thing, a heavy whipping cream is God, like the Parmesan cheese is like, God, I mean, I was like, Oh my, he used so much in there, but it was just like, it was delicious. It was fine. Like there was no stress over it. And I think that was just an example of, yeah, sometimes nutrition is going to go by the wayside. And that just fed my soul. It fed my relationship and it was fine. You know, I listened to my hunger and fullness. I enjoyed it. I was satisfied and it was good.
2: Yum. That That's sounds great. great. Alfredo mm-hmm. is definitely one of those things you avoid. Actually, mm-hmm. speaking of food rules, it's one of those things that moms taught you because, like in the nineties, fat was the devil. So, yeah. so having like a fatty pasta was like yes. fat and carbs. It was like the worst thing you Unheard could have. Of, but
4: that sounds very good. It does. Yeah. I love. I love a creamy
3: pasta. Years ago, I would have like tried to like micromanage it and be like, oh, let's try to make like this healthy swap, or let's like let me see the ingredients yeah. first. But I was like. Do whatever you're yeah, going to do. Yeah, let's use that's cauliflower.
4: Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because Jordana used to um, always get Alfredo pasta anywhere we went. Jordana's our third co-founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would always look at her like, how?
2: Because how that was her doing? that was her one big deal of the day.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, she would always. Go- no, this was back in the day. She would always <laughs> have to choose the Alfredo. When
2: I'm Jordana's like, an intuitive eater. Like Jordana does not live with food rules. That like you truthfully, know. she doesn't. Like she uh, has whatever she yeah, wants. She's
4: probably hanging out with me her whole life. She got some food rules, but <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe, okay. Yeah, probably. Sammy, what's your
2: win? So I learned what thirst feels like this week, which is like, which was actually like really new for me because think about, think about like all the times when like diet tips are like, think you're hungry, try having some water first to see if you're just thirsty. Okay, so that completely like, it totally robbed me of any sense of like what it actually feels like to be thirsty outside of just being like insanely hung over and like needing water. But like yeah. thirst is a much more subtle uh, thing that pops up. And I feel like I actually kind of know what it feels like as a signal. And it doesn't feel anything like hunger. So <laughs> I don't know what anyone was talking about that whole time. <laughs> um, that's so funny. So that's my win. Um,
4: actually the, whenever it's very, this happens very rarely, but whenever water just kind of hits the spot, it's really just the most Mm -hmm. satisfying thing. Like one time I have this water bottle that I drink from so I can get as much water as I can through the day. And the more you drink, the more thirsty you are. Um, but I remember just texting Rusty and he's at work and I'm like, you know, water just really hits the spot. It's so good. I love like when it's so cold, he's like, I'm at work. What are you talking about?
2: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it is. It is. I mean, Avi loves water. Like sometimes it is. Sometimes it does hit the spot when you're Mm -hmm. thirsty. Well, it's our next it's our
4: next limited resource. So (laughs) yeah, drink up. Um. Okay. My win, win, I feel like I've said 700 oh, yeah, you, wins this episode, <laughs> um, but I've discovered that I really like chocolate croissants. That's really, mm. oh no, my, my real win is that I I really like sweet, a sweet breakfast or something, something sweet, like toast with a little butter and some jam. And I also discovered that I love the taste of anything that is cherry flavored. I bought this like Bon Maman cherry mm. and I was like, this shit is good. I tried also Ben and Jerry's like cherry Garcia, which I've never bought Best my entire flavor. life.
2: Such a good flavor. So and I don't good. even like like fruit in my desserts usually. But yeah, so cherry cherries, garcia is very good. Cherries were where it's at. So speaking of that, something else I, I did learn is that I love gummy candies. Like I love Swedish fish. I love so Juju Bees, but I don't like when they're covered in sugar and, and sour taste.
4: Oh, like sour patch.
2: Yeah, like I don't like Sour Patch or like the when they put sugar on it, like as the Mm -hmm. but I like pure gummy (laughs) so good.
4: I I don't think I do.
2: You could try some and see. It really depends. It actually depends because it's not actually like gummy bears. It's more like the uh, chewier kind.
0: Mm.
4: You know, it's actually interesting. The reason why I think I don't like them is because when I was younger, I always went for, I like chocolate. I always went for the chocolate because I knew that like, I wouldn't be able to have other
2: candy. Well, that's I wouldn't why have this is, chocolate later. That's why this is a win for me because I did the yeah. same because I would always choose chocolate because it was like chocolate or gummies, chocolate or gummies. Like I like chocolate mm-hmm. more now. Yeah. I realize like I could have either.
4: Yeah. It's a, rest- it's a place of, it's a food sometimes. rule of
2: restriction. Right. Right, maybe sometimes I actually prefer the gummies to the chocolate. <laughs> okay,
3: now have you ever had a chocolate-covered gummy bear? I feel like people I, are in the camp that I they have. love or they hate.
2: I like. I those. have,
3: but I needed
2: to see it again. <laughs> I like those because I do. Too. It gets I both. No, I don't know if I do. It sort of reminds <laughs> me of a Passover candy. I love those chocolate jelly rings. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I or don't chocolate know. marshmallow. Cherry's out, cherry's out. Cherry's yeah. out. Well,
4: thank you so much Colleen for joining us. Um yes. how can people find you? Follow you if they are you taking new patients? What <laughs> what's the situation?
3: Yeah, so you can follow me at no.food.rules on Instagram and I'm at colleenchristensennutrition.com. And the way that I work with clients, I have a membership, so it's really a community of women and I felt like that was one of the things that I was missing was feeling like there's other people to relate to. So, I have a membership that opens a couple times a year. You can hop on the wait list for that and get all the details there.
4: It's so exciting. Um and everybody, if you have questions, more questions for Colleen, um, DM
3: her. Shoot me a DM.
4: Shoot her a DM. Um follow at Diet Stars Tomorrow. Email us dsc at betches.com. Rate review. Subscribe. Follow um, me at Aileen. Follow Sammy at Sammy.
2: And we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is hosted by Aileen Cooperman And Sammy Fishbine. Our editor is Sean Kilby Our podcast producers are Mike Coscarelli, Sean Kilby, and Carly Rice And artwork is by Brittany
4: Levine Be sure to follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram And email your questions and non-scale wins to dst at betches.com Betches